welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. This is episode number 22, I think. And in a classic case of the ultimate form of nepotism, I've chosen to invite a guest who shares most of my genetic materials. My brother, Chris Lees. Oh, not your brother and your dad. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't deal with this kind of revelation. It's too early in the morning and we're having cups of tea instead of beer. What a weird Daft Souls this is already. Oh, boring, boring. But video games. Yeah, well, you've just been... Um, obviously, I popped into the um, Expo, the Eurogamer Expo. That's the one. I was there for about an hour, and I played two things. I played Alien Isolation. Is it called Alien Isolation? Uh, yeah, it is. Good. Uh, and I played... Because um, he's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why did they leave me on the ship with this boring little girl? And everything's all retro and rubbish. Yeah. Oh, man, they spent a long time making everything look as retro and rubbish. <laughs> That's quite good. I might talk about that a little bit. And also, I played Heat Signature. Which is I still, played Heat Signature. Still a bit early. You didn't get into it as much because I don't think well, anyone was telling you no how to play it. told me how to get the man back in the ship after he's flown in into space, yeah, it's, which well, is... Probably the coolest thing in it. I hear. It is the coolest thing in it. I mean, it's um, second game by Tom Francis, who I, full disclosure, I know a little bit, and he's a nice man. Um, but he made Gunpoint, which was excellent. I thought Gunpoint yeah, was so, so brilliant. Told, yeah, I thought yeah. it looked rubbish, like bounce, just bouncy spy man. But no, it's it's really, really, really smart. Um, it's quite, oh, yeah, I've got that on my list of things to play when I'm home. Gunpoint is really cool. It just it's like Gunpoint is like a bit of a toy box. It just lets you play around with stuff. And it introduces new things you can do, and it's it's one of those games that really beautifully doesn't outstay its welcome. Um, in the fact that you just have fun with everything, and none of the mechanics are given enough time to feel boring, uh, and you just get new stuff to play with. And it's also the story is really cool in the fact that um, it's really basic, but it's just you're a sort of spy dude who gets given jobs, and you have a sort of <laughs> towards the end you you start to realise that actually like you're kind of playing two people off each other and you've got two clients that are basically using you to do counterintelligence uh, I'll spy this word I'm going to play it there yeah, right? yeah it, gets, it gets quite cool um, but yeah Heat Signature is basically you may have seen it knocking about it's like flying around in space getting onto ships doing things giant ridiculous scale mm. um, but you can zoom in and out using the mouse wheel and you've got a tiny little ship well, it's either tiny or big, depending on how zoomed you in it. That's how perspective works. Uh, but it's a tiny in the world because it's a little ship. And you have to fly and land onto other ships by avoiding their sensors. Um, they have yep. this sort of red, like... Oh, is that what I, I just didn't go into it? Yeah, basically, but... like, um, you have the, they have these kind of signals so you, they can see you and you have to land on their ship. And then when you're on the ship, it's kind of... It's a weird cross between Hotline Miami... It feels like Hotline Miami, but no, it's... But not point so and so click... Like... So it's weird. It's not yeah. quite like Hotline Miami because it's not like twin stick movement. It's got the same thing. If you go around a corner at 90 degrees and you haven't seen the guy, then he's going to kill you. Yes. Yes, it has that element. Straight away, you have to be the first one around the corner. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing. But it also has that thing that if you're careful, you can just fire a gun and just wait around the corner and just gun down like yeah, six yeah, people yeah. if you're quick and find, lucky. Find the, right, find the right spot. You can just kill a whole crew. It takes a bit of getting used to it because it's not because it's not twin stick or, you know, directional movement to move around it is point and click it has that thing it, of like you it, click where you want to move it felt clunky I thought, I thought it felt clunky in the ship's the, the camera it had because it had the exact same uh, in and out you can zoom in and out at will it yeah. felt like the camera angle should have changed when you go into the, the, the ship bit of automatic camera yeah. adjusting yeah, I, yeah it's alpha no I kind of agree with that and I wouldn't be surprised actually if when the game does come out there it's stuff like that and it, it is alpha this thing is really early um, but the core of what's there, the, the, the loop of the game, um, is really fun because it's basically what's there so far is you just fly, 
land on a ship. Um, and then when you're on a ship, you can you can go around and kill all the people who are patrolling all the guards, and then you could do what you want on it. And that and means you find missions on the ship, yeah. which send you somewhere else, which send you somewhere else. So you kind of log into data chairs on the ship, like sci-fi style, yeah. and then you'll find out where a target is or something, and then you can take over the ship as the captain, and f- and then you can zoom out and actually fly that ship and fire its rockets. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that either. No, well, this thing is, it's kind of like the moment, it's, it doesn't even have a tutorial really. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of work it out with the help of um, having Tom Francis stood next to me going, oh, you can do this. And um, Steve Hogarty, also of Dark Souls and other stuff I do, he was he just played it. So I just watched him playing it a bit. Kind of got a gist of it. But it's really nice in the fact that uh, I love the fact you can steal a really big ship full of rockets. And then I got a mission where I had to assassinate someone. And I assassinated them by just blowing up the ship with another big <laughs> ship and then leaving. I was sure when it came and uh, I spoke to you and Steve and said you'd be playing it, I thought, have they made another Adventure Time game? Because they made Card Wars, which is an episode of Adventure Time, where they play a card Oh, yeah, game. yeah. I was like, Heat Sing- Heat is the name of a home movie that they make in Adventure Time. I was like, I've not made another <laughs> Adventure Time game. I'm yeah, like, my heart can't take another <laughs> Adventure Time game. Uh, but yeah, and as I say, like you didn't work out. There's the whole thing of when you get caught on the ship, you get hit, and you don't get killed. They just shoot you, and then you're on the floor. And then somebody just runs over to you. They they detach your ship from the airlock, so your your ship just floats off into space. And then they throw your man out the airlock. <laughs> and then it's like you've got thirty seconds. You press tab to switch to your ship, and then it's like that classic sci-fi trope of you going through space as fast as you can, trying to catch the man in too fast because you'll fly right yeah, past yeah, yeah. yourself. So it's really <laughs> satisfying doing that kind of like trying to get the trajectory and speed. And as you see the distance number getting. F- closer and closer you start to slow down a bit to try Spin and around for slowly the other way yeah um, but just the feeling of flying around space actually it's done by kind of clicking and head in front of your spaceship and you go faster by zooming out so when you zoom out you can accelerate further and then you can do more subtle steering if you zoom in but just the feeling of swooping around through space and getting that sense of yeah, uh, trajectory well. and, and uh, so you're getting close getting uh, docking and avoiding the sensors and things that when you're, when you're zooming in on close scale that works really well it's really satisfying yeah. and I really lucked out at one point I was hurtling through space at an alarming rate and I just crashed into a ship but I managed to crash into the ship at the exact docking points which went <laughs> to get so there isn't a speed issue for that I think that may be something that <laughs> it feels like it's yeah. <laughs> but it was just like dick, suddenly it just stopped and I was on a ship and I'm like oh cool I'm on a ship uh, but yeah it's really promising in the same way that basically like Gunpoint was quite a simple game but um, the actual kind of core of what you were doing on each level and the actual kind of basics of how the game worked was just so satisfying that all it really needed was little bits of variation little bits of uh, changing up the tone and the pace of the game yeah. and you've got yourself a great and game a tutorial maybe oh, or just some on well that's what I mean is it's like it's <laughs> the skeleton of a really good yeah, game yeah, is there yeah, no, and uh, it's just a case of him getting the rest of it there I'm looking forward to playing so what, what do you play though because you played some other stuff right uh, well I played something that I've actually been playing at home um, I got really into gang beasts gang beasts yeah it's like Brilliant little plasticine game. men it's, power stone uh, style I think thing, the right? only the best way to describe it is it's a combination if you smash uh, Smash Bros Melee with Octodad together it's that so it's a <laughs> Uh, uh, co-op uh, not co-op it's, it's local uh, multiplayer only fighting game with sort of weird funny physics so it's it's as simple as get the other character off the level or in the fire pit or in one of the meat grinder things or whatever just squish them to um, death basically yeah just there's, there's a death zone area uh, sometimes you're on top of a moving vehicle uh, it, it varies um, and you've got 
just right left, right arm, left arm, tap to punch, hold the grab, and if you hit them enough, you knock them out, and then you've got raise and lower your arms, and that's it. So you use the physics of if someone's knocked out, if you grab someone and then spin around and let go, you'll use the momentum to sort of throw them. Also, you can grab with one hand, punch with the other, uh, but it's you can play eight player. That sounds they're... like a tremendous amount of fun. To be honest, the only reason, the only reason I haven't well. played it yet is just because of the fact that, yeah, I get the impression that you could play it with just two people, but it seems like it'd be way more it's, fun with a bunch the of The more the merrier, and because uh, I was at Eurogamer, it was eight players at all times. So I, so I stayed there for about an hour. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, you need, as soon as someone starts winning a fight, you get someone else and... Because when you try and throw someone off, they might grab your arm or your leg, and so you're 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 over the edge. They're dangling off you, so you can get chains of like three or four people all trying to, and you can climb as well. So you get really interesting combinations of people dangling and climbing up each other and hitting. Each other. It's just it's so funny. It's like a, it's it's like it's like great. It actually sounds like a barrel of monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a couple mates around with a few beers. Dead simple, really fun, but also a competitive fighting game. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah, I kind of just think like with that, the only thing is just it's, trying to get the it's people. It's a less serious Nidhogg, really. Yeah, Nidhogg can be a bit po-faced, I think. I mean, we I think it was Midnight Resistance sort of did a thing where... Um, I think it was them anyway. They did an evening of stuff and there was uh, some Nidhogg and there was some sports friends and there was some... Sports friends? Sports friends is really fun. It's it's kind of like um, a little game where you basically just... It's basically like... I think there are multiple games in it. I might be wrong, but the one that I saw was... It was basically like volleyball in a way. You just had to kind of keep punching this ball into their yeah, side like a, I think I've seen it isn't it like a combat game but you you fire a ball at each other yes so basically you can you can smash the ball into people to knock them down but then you need to basically get the ball into their water on the other side of the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of like each of the characters have slightly different things like some are faster some are hit harder so it's basically like a cross between beach volleyball and Smash Brothers um, but it's really fun to watch and it's really fun to play but it's kind of cool that there's been a resurgence recently of all of these kind of um, party games in a way. Yeah, there was a lot. There was Speedrunners as well. It was, it was quite good. It was all right. It's just, it reminded me of, a, it was an old Sonic multiplayer where you just, there's a loop and you have to race. And as soon as you get far enough away from the other person, they're off the screen, you win a point. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Micro Machines well, yeah, as well. I guess micro, but it, it's it, platformer and just round. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, it's good. It's that, uh, and it's it's like run, jump, slides, grappling hook, and power ups. And that's kind of it. But it's it's competitive and it's simple and it's nice that you can just pick up and play and you don't have to say, "Oh, this is this, this is this." Anyone can play it straight. Yeah, away. yeah. I think really that's good. another thing as well. It's just those games. I mean, actually, the mount your friends is the classic for that. Yeah, and uh, the Mount Your Friends tournament. I've been, I've been playing a lot of that. I think that was actually it. They were playing some Nidhogg and they were playing some. Uh, sports friends I think at the Mount Your Friends tournament which I've is I've gone to the extent of oh, so putting good. all the faces on <laughs> I spent about an hour taking pictures from Facebook putting all my friends in on the PC version yeah yeah, yeah. nice no, so so when, so when I show it for the people, people for the first time it's already like what is this this is ridiculous <laughs> the pendulum penis is spinning around but then it's also got their faces on which is always a nice surprise yeah that is awesome <laughs> um, about your friends is a classic but it is great there's this big collection um, it means you can sort of actually feasibly put on actual like parties around party games <laughs> yeah. rather than having to have games where it's like how do you play this what is this um, I, guess I say Nidhogg is I think a bit it's, it's Nidhogg is good. fun but it's, I, I, it's quite serious I'd enjoy playing it with you or with just anyone who's I'm not very good at of, it 
a similar. Um, well, I we, could be though. That's we the thing, played yeah. what was the tower thing we played before? Yeah, well, we've just been playing Towerfall, which is a bit of a very much a case of late to the party on this. But uh, I kept hearing that Towerfall was great, and obviously, yeah, my brother's been here this weekend, so we're like, let's play a game together. We play some Towerfall. Mm. The co-op campaign was kind of fun. But yeah. it really, it's clearly... The versus is brilliant. It's versus game. But and Yeah, you have to play someone who's around the same level you are. Yeah. Well, I don't know, actually, because we were playing, like, dueling, and that was loads of fun. Um, yeah. Actually, for the first couple of rounds, I was like, I wasn't sure, and then I realised it was awesome. When we both started getting the hang of the, the counter dodging, and so we get battles where we would come at each other about five or six times and yeah. both be blocking both be fine block block fire fire and yeah basically really it has good. a system for those you haven't played Towerfall it's an archery game basically where you can it's a platformer but it's a platformer in that kind of puzzle bobble style thing or like where you yeah. can if you fall at the bottom of the screen then you appear at the top if you I go off the right the, you the left Mario battle. yeah or like that yeah of course um, but it means that you can um you can quickly move around the map in all sorts of directions, but then you fire arrows, and you can fire arrows in eight directions, but then arrows are also affected by gravity, which means if you fire an arrow far enough, it will start to fall. If you fire an arrow straight up in the air, it will fall and, back and down. stay still, it'll hit you on it'll the head. head kill you. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously when you then have the fact that arrows can be going from the left side of the screen coming out the right, or going from the bottom and and kind yeah, of the top like it's, arching over and down it's, it's difficult it's a bit mad but um, also the fact that you have the ability so it's just the buttons are so simple it's just moving around jumping but then you can also fire arrows but you can also dodge and the dodge is basically it's like a directional uh, classic action game yeah. dodge just shift an inch but if to the you, right yeah you shift an inch to the right but then or left or down or whatever um, but if you do it into a projectile then you catch it and then it's your ammo because you start off with like three arrows each it means that the cool thing about that is sometimes we had matches when it was just both of us just ran at each other and just fired all of our arrows and tried yeah. to jump on each other's heads. I had a, a game where I just let you fire all of your arrows and dodged and dodged until I, I, had, I had all yeah. the arrows. And like, then you're okay. in trouble. No, I have all the arrows. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if you've got all the arrows, it means all I can do is try and catch them again or, 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 or jump, on, jump your on your head. Which is what happens. It's quite, quite funny. Jumping. I thought it was really funny in the fact that it's like there's a classic thing with archery and the fact that uh, whole thing, the whole point with archery is... That if you have the higher ground, you have the advantage. That's the whole basis of well, yeah. the whole basis of most kind of old school war, really. Yeah. Um, but I liked in this that it's like archery more than anything. You want the high ground. But in this, it wasn't actually because you could fire arrows down on people more effectively. It was that jumping on people's heads was yeah, especially really with firing way, really. down as well, firing yeah. down and jumping down. It means they catch the arrow, but they can't catch you when yeah. you land yes, on their you can. head. There was a point where you jumped down and I dodged up, and it, I'm sure it bounced off. Oh, right, maybe. Oh, it may have been that other shield, I'm not too sure. That's the thing is, we didn't play it for that long, but it's clearly like... Oh, there's power-ups as well, we forgot to mention. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of power-ups, and it has that really pleasing menu when you can go into the multiplayer and you can tweak it and there's just so many options of like, do you want loads of treasure? Do you want mad variables? It's the old like Bomberman thing. Like you can have basic weapons, advanced weapons. Uh, You can have massive handicaps for for rubbish players. I do like the way it automatically handicaps a bit as well. Yeah, it gives you, I think it gives the, the leader a crown uh, well, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, but it indicates that they're winning and any other people start. Puffer makes you feel awesome. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm the king. But uh, yeah, because of a couple of games, I was just storming ahead and it gave you a bubble shield yeah. like, at the start. Like, so one, it's like one extra life, basically. Yeah, so it kind of helped, gives you a chance to catch up if you're getting yeah. absolutely stomped on. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed Towerfall. Um, I'd love to play it with four people. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like... 
It's, hard. it's like Nidhogg. It's eight player, local only. I mean, presumably it's going to go online at some point. Or I don't know. It's not a hard work think... getting eight controllers around I thought it was an online mode. But it's like... No, not in any version I've seen. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's sort of the sort of thing that makes me want to organise a big pub thing. Like just with yeah. loads of these games. Which is actually, you can already do that at the moment. Obviously Midnight Resist do a really good job of that. Um, Organising kind of... Uh, but it'd be great to do that on a bigger scale, just have loads yeah. of them. Because uh, in, in about so a year, there'll be like about 10 games or so that are all just games that you can learn in about a minute. What are the buttons? These. Yeah. Go. Uh, and I think especially with four-player on Towerfall, it'd be amazing. Because two-player, I think, might be frustrating because it's the sort of game, clearly, you can get really good at it. Uh, and if you're dueling, yeah. then it's really good if you're on a par with somebody. But with four players, there'd be yeah, that element of madness that even if you were really good at it, you'd still probably be getting absolutely dicked on by yeah. arrows coming from nowhere and There's stuff. the complexity to it as well. Like you get the, uh, the power-up arrows will show the arrows, how many arrows shows above your character's head. So you can see if someone's out of armor or if they've got loads of arrows. Also, if they've got special arrows, it'll show that they've got them. And it shows and the, the order. The order yeah. as well. So you'll maybe prioritise trying to catch that arrow or you know, there's, there's tactics you can It's use. a really clever little game. It's good. Um, one of the things I've played really briefly, and it's the only time I've played it, but I played, obviously I played Alien, Alien Isolation um, as part of a sort of live stream thing or one of the Eurogamer stages. I played it for about five minutes. It's really good. I mean, I think every, the thing is, I haven't really played it before this. A lot of people have been talking about it. But yeah, I'm kind of... Did you get scared? Yeah, I did. I mean, not Even massively. The, you got all the people watching, though. Like, it's like when you watch a horror film late at night with the lights and stuff. It's scary. If you've got doing a live stream, everyone watching you, then that's not scary. No, I think... No, it's not the game, is it? Yeah, you're <laughs> kind of right. You're kind of right. I mean, that's the thing, is doing it on a stage in front of an audience, it was more... They've got your back. They're there in case anything goes wrong. <laughs> it was more a case of me, A, trying to learn how to play the game because yeah, I've never played it before, B, um, trying to play it quite well just because, you know... I play games, that's what you do. Mm. You, you never go, well, I'm going <laughs> to... Who cares if I'm terrible? It's I'm like, obviously... Find the alien. Find him. Obviously, you have the thing of being like, I don't mind if I'm terrible, but you still try and do quite well. <laughs> uh, but it was a bit confusing as well because the, the stage audio was set up for the audience, so actually the left and right was reversed in terms of the audio channels. Okay. Because it was being played on a big stage, and that kind of threw me a bit. But yeah, I, I kind of did the stupid thing of just found the alien and... and blasted it with a flamethrower and the alien runs off but the idea is you can't kill the alien you right. can just yeah, yeah. scare it off but it's basically hide and seek in space with an alien and I, I didn't get a great feel for it because I was playing it on a stage what I've heard that really intrigues me is the I mean I, I can sort of imagine this is something that they'll say about it but then maybe it's not very true the fact that the alien the alien's supposed to learn from so no he, they were saying that actually because the dev on stage was basically saying um because uh, like if you go and hide in a room and it, it chases you and then doesn't find you and that chases you in there again it'll look more thoroughly yeah I, I think that that's apparently the case I mean the developer when he was playing it because um, Gav was basically asking about it uh, when he was on stage and he said that um, you can throw a flare like you can throw a flare and it'll go and look at the flare the first time and it'll be like it'll spot it and it'll go and investigate it and it'll spend some time looking at it wanting to know what it is mm -hmm. and then you throw a flare again and it will like look that's, at it for a where minute. It comes from. But then it will be like, oh, I'm not going to go and look at it closely because I know what that is. But then apparently, if you keep using them, it will it will stop looking at the flare and it will start trying to work out where it's come from. Uh, okay. That's and it cool. will be like 
rather than looking at it, it would just be like, that came from over there. So, yeah, right, okay. So it's very specific things it learns about, like hiding yeah. places. I, that's and I guess I mean. the advantage is that, you know, most of the times with AI in games, they're trying to work out the complexity of AI is probably about the team. You know, it's about like, how do you make a squad of soldiers yeah. behave like a squad of soldiers and not all automatically run to hide in the same piece of cover, <laughs> which is or, always the problem, you know. Yeah. Or run out of the same place where they hear the noise and into your line of fire one by one. I can't believe it. I think it was there was a period on the PlayStation Two when they kept just releasing like a Medal of Honor game every year or every six months or something. It felt like they were just like there was a new Medal of Honor game out as often as there was a milkman <laughs> delivering milk. Um, but they were all fucking shit. It got to the point where EA yeah, was just like, oh, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, people will buy it. People are buying these World War Two shooters, so let's just keep making more of them. This was before Modern Warfare came and sort of changed the world. Um, but at that point, I just remember reviewing one of them, and it was like, fucking hell. <laughs> because you had this World War Two shooter, it meant that you had this squad of soldiers going along with you, and it meant every section of the game you got to... There was never any choice about what where you could go because there was always like a bit of cover that you could use and the rest of the cover would just be full of men. Like, <laughs> and there was one point where it was like, mate, I want to be here. Like, <laughs> and I kept like getting my bullets blocked because this guy kept popping up and like be in front of me. And it's just like, fuck off. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> I am the hero. You go somewhere else. If I want to be here, you need to leave. Um, but I guess with with this, it's like, there aren't any other NPCs roaming around. Or well, there might be, but not many. I think there are, there are human characters and people you meet. Uh, are there? I... Yeah, apparently, because I saw on the... I just saw this when it was loading. It said, survivors, like... I thought it'd be like audio logs or something along those lines. No, there is that stuff as well. But it's, like, it's sort of in the name, it's isolation. So... I think there are other survivors, potentially, but maybe not that many. And it sort of intoned that maybe it's sort of best to leave them alone in a way. Like okay. it might not be a good idea. It sort of I can't remember what it said, but there was a tooltip came up saying survivors like sometimes the best. Could avoided. I go on bonkers? Yeah, that's the thing. I guess sometimes a bit mad. you might not want to go near them because they're just a bit freaked out, tweaked out. Especially yeah. with Alien, because it's like, well, it's like the classic Alien, the thing style thing of like you know you do, if you another human comes up and is like hey buddy buddy there's going to be a part of you that's going to be like you get the hell away from me <laughs> have you got an alien in you uh, like, yeah of course because yeah, yeah. that's a well there's only one in the game so I, I can't imagine there's going to be chest bursts. I'd still be freaked out by it <laughs> <laughs> if I'd seen the alien film and I was in an alien that's, game yeah I suppose I'd be like I know what happens. I think it's more along the lines that they might start screaming or slamming doors yeah yeah, I mean, I, I guess there is that thing of if you si survive for long enough on your own... Going, what's that over there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's 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 the sort of thing I'm, I'm very much looking forward to playing with headphones and really getting yeah, into definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. I'm exactly the same as you in regards to horror games. I, I don't do it. No. I'm sure uh, Amnesia is a fantastic game. I'll never know. <laughs> it's quite cool. It's not for me. Yeah, it's the same as I'm not good with horror games. Silent Hill. I hear that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I was exactly saying like, I completely accept that apparently it's a classic. Not going to play it. Um, I don't like scary I'll games. I'll do Alien. But I'll, yeah, I'll do that because it's sci-fi and it's Alien yeah. and I love Alien. But it was a bit of a shame because it was like on this live stage it's like most of the people, half the people there were like Twitch streamers who were like... Um, they were just trying to speedrun it because that's what they do, right? Like Twitch gamers, it's just not. Yeah. And it's just a bit embarrassing. Isn't I mean, like the, the game, the game is about. I know, like I know. Paranoia and is it around that corner and what was that shadow? And It's sort of a weird, like, I mean, the thing is, they have a challenge mode in the game and that's what we were playing, where it's like, how quickly can you get through this? 
and you get more points for doing it quickly and stuff. And it was like, yeah, this isn't for me. That's, that's something you, once you've completed it, want is something else to do. I've got to be honest, though, it was hilarious watching all of these these sort of apparently famous Twitch streamers. Uh, actually, some of them were lovely. They were kind of like, seemed like really nice guys who were really genuine and really like, you know, oh, I messed that up, whatever. But there were a couple of them who were like right arrogant bellends <laughs> who were just like, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm the best at this, actually. When uh, there were some people who just kept being like, yeah, actually, we had this on the show floor at another event and uh, all these guys were there as well, but I was the best. <laughs> it's just like, how old are you? <laughs> I mean, I think some people like that kind of smack talk thing, but it was just like... They were acting like they were about 11. And it was just like, guys, you're embarrassing. Just because your audience is mainly made of 11-year-olds well, doesn't well, mean you have to... My mum bought me an ice cream afterwards because she said that I was yeah. the best, so yeah, I, I am mom, the best. Yeah, my mum said I actually am the best gamer, so uh, you can ask my mum. Uh, I've got a badge, she made it me. Yeah, it says best gamer <laughs> on it. It's made of wool. <laughs> and I've got a hat that says best gamer on it. She knitted that for me as well. No, I don't know. I don't want to be a dick, but it was just like... God, but it was brilliant because they, they just kept failing the speedruns and getting killed by the alien really quickly. You know, it's just like hubris. <laughs> it's like, I'm the best. I'm going to do this. Dead, dead, dead. Like, You're not the best. Um, so that entertained me, but I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that game in an environment which I kind of feel it's probably meant to be played. Yeah, hey. definitely. It's, it's, it's your own bedroom or whatever, late at night on your own. Maybe with a, an easily jumpy housemate as well. But and also, it's just amazing that it's a game made for, like, I don't know, like, it's really cool to see games not being made. Well, like, games being made for my generation now. Yeah. Because there is this because thing, there's like... There's so many rubbish Odeon games. Well, there's a lot of chatter about, you know, people feeling like, you know, I think at the moment that even though that for years the only games market that's really been tapped into and actually been aimed at is the same bracket of 14-year-old to 18-year-old men. Yeah. And they just re reloop and rehash Call it. Call of Duty bunch... Yeah, so we get to our age, so I'm like uh, 20, how old am I? I'm 29, <laughs> I always forget how old I am. I'll, I won't forget next year, when I'm 30 I won't forget. No, uh, but you're 26. Mind. I am. I know you're three years younger than me, that's easy. Um, but it means, yeah, like you kind of get that sensation of once you're over like 22, 23, it's like in the games world, you don't matter anymore. You'll continue to enjoy it and you'll continue to buy stuff and play it, but they're not really aiming I, games I, for you. I hardly ever buy the mainstream games. Well, it's because they're aimed at the same bracket of yeah. constantly refreshing I'm just, people. Pretty much indie games all the way now, and Steam trying to find any indie game and not play like like that to the moon that you recommend to me. To the moon's brilliant, beautiful, yeah. Just a beautiful story. Uh, it's, if you show it to someone, you show them a trailer, they're not going to play it. No, it's just rubbish. It's quite a hard it's game to pitch to people. Just, you have to just do that for so thing. moving. Yeah. It's an incredibly moving story. It's just brilliant. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Mark of the Ninja. That was yeah, a great game. Obviously, and obviously really, we talked really about um, Invisible Ink, which we talked about a lot yeah, last week. I've been playing that a lot. I've not brought that up because it's been on the yeah, we talked show about it. and the show before. But it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Great. I'm gonna keep playing that. But that's I mean that's what I mean, is there are the thing is there are obviously like loads, there's a, such a wide a wider spectrum of games now available than than ever before. And it's kind of at first I found it a bit overwhelming because I was so used to being able to cover all games or at least know of all games you know yeah. when I was 18 you could name me any game on any platform and I might not have played it but I'd know about it now fuck off like so many and yeah, especially it, with, I mean with Steam there's so much on that Steam's there. got ridiculous yeah but it's cool because it means now and I, yeah there's still nothing on the Xbox One <laughs> <laughs> no my housemate bought one on launch day it's, I know you're always like oh can we play this go, game and go, I'm like go to the game yeah. store and there's like 
I think at this point, maybe about 15, 20. Oh, and launch day, there's about eight. It's still pretty weak. And there's no, there's no, like, the arcade games. Like on 360, there was yeah. a whole archive of Xbox Arcade. I used to buy loads of them. I love that stuff. And well, it's fact they haven't transferred it across. They um, did at E3. I think they showed a big whole thing of uh, uh, the arcade stuff coming. It looks quite good. I still don't uh, understand why they didn't. Don't know when. Why they didn't work out a system so they could bring XBLA games exactly, all yeah. across. Bring it all over. The fact that you had to lose your entire collection, I think, was a big nail in the coffin. Yeah, I'm like halfway through Walking Dead for that reason. To make, uh, yeah, because you can't play Walking it on Dead Two and and Wolf Among Us because we've set up the Xbox One now, and I just. I just don't understand what happened there because like the architecture change between the 360 and Xbox One can't have been that different. A lot of the problem with consoles is they're always made on weird architectures. I mean, the PlayStation 3 particularly was just a weird system, but they've ditched that now and the PlayStation 4 is like much more like a PC. And it means now we should have this parity of just being like the PC, the Xbox One, and the PS4 are basically all just different PCs in a weird way. Yeah. That's a simplification of it. There are differences. But I kind of feel like if the Xbox One's powerful enough, why couldn't they have just made it so it would emulate the Xbox 360 a bit? It must have just been allocation of time and money. It's a um, real shame. It's, it's got to be doable. They just focus. I, the thing is, I have a massive collection of games on Xbox sure. Live Arcade. Yeah, I'm sure enough, I've got, I've got loads, mate. I've got, got a badge game. that my mum made me. <laughs> Our mum. It says I've got the most games in the world. Yeah. Um, but no, I've, I haven't got one today. Yeah, precisely. So it must be true. Yeah. Um, but I, I bought loads and loads and loads and loads of games on um, the Xbox 360 um, XBLA. And because I couldn't, if I could transfer them all across, yeah, I'd probably consider getting an Xbox One. a lot One. I'll come back to, like, like Braid, for example, that's yeah. on there. I mean, just Gunstar Heroes, Guardian yeah. Heroes, or whatever it's called, Guardian, that one that was made by the same people. Uh, yeah, Guardian Heroes. Something like that. I don't oh, remember. Yeah. But there was loads of things that I bought just because I thought, yeah, it's a bit of a classic, I want a copy of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still not looking good. I mean, it's it's got to the point now where it's like every time a game comes out that's on both platforms, it's like, yeah, it runs 1080p, 60 frames a second on PlayStation 4 and doesn't run as well on the Xbox. It's like, I kind of figured at first it's teething problems, but soon we'll see Xbox One games that will run exactly as well as PlayStation 4. But it's still not happening. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it really it's just not as good. And the thing was like, the whole thing that Microsoft had going for them is like, they had all of the consumers. They had all of the, they had the market <laughs> and they've just dropped the ball. It's, I mean, I, I, we haven't talked about this in the podcast for ages because it's felt irrelevant because I kind of said all of this stuff probably about a year ago and nothing has changed. Well, it's like, there's been no just, point where I've been like... just keep saying the, the, the games will come soon. The games will come soon. I mean, yeah, there will be a point, I'm sure. <laughs> just, just another month now. It's so. not coming, that's the point. There will be a point. we got Destiny's but, yeah. there. I'm obviously talked about that last week. That's hit. I mean, the, the first one was like Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs came out, like finally a, a good game on... At the Xbox One, I bored of that after about four hours. Like, yeah, it's not funny. Isn't good. <laughs> Although I will have a brief <laughs> shout out now, actually, for a bunch of stuff that is coming out soon because actually it's an unbelievably exciting couple of months for games. I realise, uh, like Civilization Beyond Earth looks really cool. I, I don't know anything about it, but I've heard it's quite cool. Um, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yeah, we just had a little. We had a pokey at that. We just poke I played pokey. it for about twenty minutes just because I wanted to work quite well as a cop experience yeah it did it's definitely well I think it's definitely one of those games that's probably good to play with a partner actually yeah. it's, a, it's a single player game it's not a co-op game yeah but um, but it's such a kind of it, you, you play as a psychic detective trying to piece together a crime scene 
mm. and you have to do that by getting uh, everything back, resetting the currency into how it was at the start. Yeah. And then, but what's lovely, I don't really want to tell people too much about this. Yeah, no. Because what I liked about this is that it, basically the game starts and it just says, this is a narrative experience that will not hold your hand. Yeah. And then you're in the woods on a railroad track. And that's it. And then you just start walking. As a bit of a narrator gives you... Oh, the narrator says, yeah. He basically background. explains why you're here. Yeah. He says, you're here because you got a letter from Ethan Carter. He says, he says like, when the police... Some bad stuff done happening. When the police won't listen and the priests won't believe you, you call me. And it's basically like, it, yeah. you're like, ooh, spooky detective. But then after that, there's no more talking and you're just in the woods and you walk along and then sure enough, you find some stuff with blood on it. And you're like, you don't, still don't know what you're doing. But the idea is that it's... Well, you kind of realise after a few minutes that your character is clearly here because this is where his lead has led him or whatever to start looking for this boy. And it has, has a really nice... Uh, uses the Sherlock thing. Of yeah. Look at it and words come up. Like, blood, trauma, head, smashing, smashing Accident, head. animal. <laughs> yeah, it like pops up all these words. So you have to kind of... You read them all and like you get a sense of what's going on. And then it will be like... Like at the start, there's a really obvious thing where there's a, a kind of a train on a railroad and it just pops up going... Suddenly it just goes crank, question mark. Yeah, it's, and then there's it's, loads it's like of train, blood, and then crank, and then tons of crank, 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 crank. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? But he's like trying to work out where the crank he's, is. He's looking for the, the crank. And then you basically, you move around until you work out. And I worked out, we the, worked out. That all the words sort of focus into one word mm. that says crank, it's, it's brighter. And it's like him focusing his mind. And then you get this sort of like, like psychic vision of where the crank is. But it's clever. And we worked out that actually the way it works is that it's like a hot and cold thing. The, left, yeah. the words become more densely populated until it's one word when you're pointing when your character is facing the direction of where that object is and then it shows you a vision of where what it looks like where it is and then it's just a case of then you have to go and find go it. Get it. Go get it. But it's, so it's sort of like it's not open world but it, it gives the sensation of There's that. There's enough space to move around to be a bit lost and confused. And holy fuck it is beautiful like it uh, is yeah, of course. <laughs> it is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen I think in terms of the environments last time I played anything that took my breath away like that was Almost definitely Red Dead Redemption. Boom, boom. Um, boom, boom, boom. Take my breath away. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, but no, it's, it's like you're in the woods and it's it's autumn, uh, which is obviously the time of year when trees look fucking well hot. Mm-hmm. It's got um, nice trees, isn't it? It's got the light be- through the trees and beautiful the leaves rocks. and the trees. Leaf trees, <laughs> light, beautiful trees. Uh, it's it's just stunning. It's really beautiful. And actually, there's some interesting um, stuff that the guys who made it, the astronauts, who are the guys who made, um, basically not all of them, but uh, the lead guy was the lead guy at People Can Fly, who made Bulletstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, a small team. It's their first release. And uh, yeah, I, as I say, I haven't really played much of it. And I, it's weird in the fact that because it doesn't tell you anything, um, I don't really want to talk about how it even the mechanics because for me what I enjoyed there was yeah, working the, the it puzzle. out it was quite fun because it was just working out what what I was supposed to do and, and what I liked about it was that it came quite naturally it was like you're not told what to do but then we just sort of go oh we must have to do that and we did it and it yeah. worked to, to, to actually do it if you're using a guide for example could have been done in about what two minutes yeah it took yeah. us maybe about 15-20 minutes uh, but I think as it's um, I think but it, it works it works it's the same reason I enjoyed Bioshock originally is that the, the most interesting parts of the game took place in my head yeah and, and in this case it was the fact that it was a really fun game to play as a kind of co-op 
sitting and playing it together thing in the fact that it was just me and you talking about it and just being cool. like, what are we doing? What we got to do this? And then like the fact that obviously you're piecing together this murder and there's a nice thing that isn't, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but there's a nice thing in the fact that once you've found all of the bits of the clues, you then... Um, so we've got the chronology. You have to... So we've already been... The thing was, we've already been talking about it. Yeah, we've, we've, been like, we've basically worked it out by that. Yeah, point. we have. But it's like, you kind of then, look at things and go, what's going it, on with it, this? It tests you. It says, what is the order of these events? Yeah, like, what's the order of the events? And you have to basically just work out what happened in what order. And then, once you've done that, it will play out the event. Because obviously, you're a supernatural detective, so you get to see what happened. But it was ghosts, cool. Ghosts of the past. Somehow. Yeah, because it was that thing of, we're like, what's this about? Because they're like, kind of... Not red herrings, but there are clues that don't quite make sense. And you think... Yeah, we had a lot of back and forth between working out what had happened before we got there. We did land on it at the right time, and then we were tested on it, and we were right. But I'm interested to see, as it progresses, whether or not these um, these sections become frustrating or not. Because this was obviously a tutorial, basically. Yeah. It was. It didn't tell us how to do anything at any point. It just left us to do it. But it was quite simple. And well, so, well, there were six pieces. If that was like maybe 15 pieces, then that could be a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how hard it gets. It? Yeah, um, but it's, it's very narrative-based, but I did really, really enjoy what I saw of it so far. I wasn't 100% sure about the voice acting, but I'm always like that with voice acting. <laughs> it was slightly off, but most of it isn't it voice acted. Right. And to be honest, it was just nice to play a game where at the start of the game, I just sort of wandered off into the bushes a bit and just started kind of looking around at stuff just because it looked pretty. And I didn't have a thing popping up saying, follow the railroad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being like, hey, don't forget to follow the railroad. Just having a game that doesn't have the a arrow heart. indicates which way you should go. Follow the breadcrumbs. Like, it's just it's a game without a HUD. And it won't it doesn't make things glow either. It's like if there's a clue, it isn't like, here's a clue. It's just something... Yeah, it has the Sherlock word system. Well, so. it does it when you get close to it. That's the thing is, yeah. once, you, once you approach something, it will then say, do you want to look at this? It's, it's, it's like, it's like you're, you're thinking about it, basically. It's yeah. Like what your character is thinking. But it's even simple stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you know, there isn't... It doesn't do that thing where it kind of puts a layered glaze of light yeah. running across things as being like, this is a point of interest. It's just like, it's a pool of blood. Like, of course, it's a point of interest. So it does mean... And because the art design of the world is really nice and really naturalistic, and again, there's amazing blog posts on their um, on their blog about how they actually achieve that. It does actually make it so that the world looks kind of real. And when something isn't right, you do spot it immediately in the way that you spot things in real life, in the way that you're like, "Hang on a minute, yeah, there's something there that's not quite right." The the textures looks it's hard to describe. Well, it's done with photographs, yeah. so it's like the rocks look real because they are actually all real rocks from the real world that they've just photographed and put into the game using the exact same things, like proportions. Yeah, it still baffles me how that works, and you, you were saying that actually means you can, with a less powerful machine, you'd actually be able to run that because of that. Yeah. But it looks better as it's well. The lighting, it kind of, kind of the lighting isn't bit. actually, the systems being used aren't actually super advanced, it's just, um, I mean, I think obviously it wouldn't look as sharp on a less good PC but it will still look the art direction the art style will still look really nice um, yeah I mean I, I, I'll probably be talking about it more next week um, but so far I've been really really impressed by it unfortunately this is going to be a shorter than usual podcast because uh, i got a train to catch got to catch a train got to see a train about a place um, that's a thing but yeah there's a bunch of good games coming out at the moment as well I really want to play Shadow of Mordor which is basically Assassin's Creed with orcs and politics and it actually sounds and I amazing. remember what you have done 
I remember what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, yeah. You encounter a boss after you beat him, you could like kill him, oh. you could burn his face, you could intimidate him, or you could bribe him, something like yeah. that. Different options. Isn't Next it? time you meet him, like, I remember you burned my face. I'm not happy with this. Yeah, apparently the general gist remember of it, things. The general gist there's more to it than that. <laughs> the general gist of it is if you don't cut their head off, then there's a really good chance they'll come back, which interestingly is the exact same um, system used in Game of Thrones. <laughs> so you say real life then. And real life, and real life. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty similar to Game of Thrones, you know, unless you, unless you chop someone's head off. They'll probably come back at some point <laughs> for some reason. Anyway, apologies for that mild spoiler. And uh, we'll see you next week for more Dark Souls. And thank you very much for joining me, uh, Chris Lees. No problem at all. Yeah, you were definitely picked to be on this podcast purely on the merit of your abilities <laughs> as, as a person. Who is here. Uh, who is here right now in the room. I wonder if people can tell the difference between our voice. They might just know. think you've got an alter ego and gone a bit mad. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Zuma! Zuma! Goodbye! Zuma! Zuma.